Nicola Murphy is here and I am Kelly Creighton and this is Fox Force 5. Hello Nicola. Hello everybody. Uh, hello Kelly. <laughs> How are you? Hi. I'm actually a bit totes emotion at the moment. Why? Because, uh, well, Nicola was a little bit late to our rendezvous for <laughs> recording the podcast today. So I just hopped onto the RT website to see what was in the news. And there was a story about that kid, Michael Maloney, who was on the Late Late Show. Do you remember him? He was the oh, teenager who the sang with Dermot Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. he's really good. Oh yeah. my God. I watched back the clip and like it really affected me on the night. But just watching <laughs> it, I watched it twice there while I was waiting for you. <laughs> And I was wailing up. It's just the sweetest thing. But anyway, the reason he it was on the news bit is because he's bringing out a single. So he's got Aww. a single coming out on the 21st of May. But, oh, I just think he was just fabulous. And Dermot Kennedy was so cute with him. And he it's was. such a great song. They sang, you know. Um, it, yeah, it was just sorry. Are you <laughs> crying? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I'm not actually crying, but I just loved it. It was so cute. Reminded me a bit of Harry Styles when he first came out, you know, and he's just a cute yeah. little kid and he was so talented, you know, mm. really remarkable. But yeah, sorry. Go and have a look at it again anyway, people. Brighten up your day. It's so fab. So fab. <laughs> oh, you loser. <laughs> and how are things otherwise? Uh, hairdresser T-minus yeah. two days till I get my hair well, done. We've already been to the hairdresser because I rang up to get appointments for Effie and Estelle and they were like, um, we can actually fit them in the first day. And I was like, oh my God, that is hilarious. My two divas getting their hair done. <laughs> the first day. The first day. that they. Because uh, even when you said it, I was like, Nat, I uh, hope you're not going to get an appointment for them. I, was I just said the first two weeks and I was being shy at that about it. Like, you know, I was like, any time in the first couple of weeks? Because... They were just, they really just needed tidying up the craters, yeah. you know. It was just bushy. Their hair had got all bushy. So they said, actually, we could fit them in on the first day. I was like, yes, please. Uh, so they look great. Oh, it was so nice. So cute. Yeah, it was so exciting even for them to be somewhere that wasn't the house yeah. or the garden or nursery. And uh, yeah, they're cute as buttons. So that was great. So I can tell you my, uh, I was living vicariously through them yesterday. <laughs> my appointment is still another week and a bit away, but I am not a week and a bit. Next Monday. Next Monday. Yeah. When's yours? Nice. It's Thursday, but my hairdresser's left. So I have a new hairdresser. So I'm a bit like, oh. yay, excited, but also like, you know, nervous that they're going to mess it up, which is terrible because it's such a work for us. Yeah. problem now after not getting your hair done for six months. I know, months, but that but is, that is, you don't need that, do you? You don't need yeah. that when you'd be looking forward to it so much, but yeah, it'll but, be fine. Um, yeah, no, I mean, am I uh, here now on Thursday evening? And then... Um, it's going to be a bit different though, because you're growing it for the wedding. So yeah, you kind of so... know what way you're going to style it. No. <laughs> <laughs> anything is better than the way it currently looks to be honest so nah just back and to like, your nice fiery red too, it's kind of a new hairdresser so I'm like um, I don't know I'm growing it out so it's a lot of new stuff so I'm a bit like oh, I was dreaming about it and everything last night Um, and then I have my pennies appointment yes I oh, am a basic bitch and I don't care <laughs> I can't wait even though I've seen everybody and apparently everybody's bought the same things <laughs> there's apparently really? like one green dress that everybody's bought and uh, yeah it's funny so I've seen loads of pictures and some nice shoes and stuff but to be honest yeah but you I go out and like you'll be like where'd you get that pennies girl pennies yeah. <laughs> I just really want like 
underwear and you know mm-hmm. accessories you know mm-hmm. and like a few t-shirts without having to spend 20 quid on a t-shirt you know I actually mm-hmm. bought one last week in Tesco's but it just wasn't the same it wasn't as pleasurable and experienced by a t-shirt and it was the only option I had because obviously everybody was closed and I really needed a t-shirt but um yeah so delighted this week is like my god it's beginning to feel a bit more like normality isn't it I know it's so exciting so exciting it's lovely and see all those um, videos of the grandparents meeting their grandkids oh, and all that stuff so sweet yeah even yeah, yesterday I watched great. the 6-1 news while I was cooking the dinner I had it yeah. on the laptop and I was there crying away like cooking the dinner just it was oh, so I sweet know. to see people we're all an emotional wreck aren't we from everything that's going on but it's good it's positive we're moving in the right direction thankfully Absolutely. so yes let's get started this week uh, first up is number one one so I started when I started doing this bit this week it started off as a cat story and it turned into <laughs> something else but I'll get I'll get back to the cat in a second but um like every day and every week and every month of the year seems to have something that you're supposed to be celebrating or marking or whatever you know and this week past was actually sun awareness week uh, despite sun. the fact we didn't really sun yeah all right okay yeah the planet so <laughs> we didn't um have much great weather this week but it it's the whole purpose of the thing is to draw um, attention to the dangers of exposure to the sun. And mm. whilst, you know, obviously we don't have an amazing weather in Ireland, p- places like Australia and New Zealand, they've really cracked this whole thing because they went through a long time of having a lot of people dying from skin cancer, etc. Mm. To the point where they had huge national campaigns to educate people. And they're brilliant over there now. It's like, an, you know, everybody wears SPF all day, every day. It's just a mm. very natural thing about it actually like how it impacts you every day you know yeah so actually I was uh at a I was speaking to a dermatologist recently about my little girl she's red hair very pale skin and she was absolutely laboring the point that Estelle should be wearing sun cream from March until October any of her skin that is exposed should be covered in sun cream and I kind of thought all right you kind of think put sun cream on them when it's like scorching hot you know what I mean Mm. but she was saying every day and that our the west coast of Ireland has one of the highest rates of skin cancer in the whole of Europe it's It's terrible we're terrible Irish people including myself terrible for sun cream oh my god we're so bad we're like we'll go out and first get our first bird of the summer and then just get the first 20 minutes in the sun we're terrible (laughs) for it yeah Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. I'm not that surprised so the National Cancer Control Programme has a SunSmart campaign and that urges people to protect their skin from, uh, you know, damaging UV radiation. And they have the campaign anyway is the five S's, which I'll run through really quickly. Slip, slop, slap, seek <laughs> and slide, which to me sounds like a good night out, to be honest. <laughs> so slip on clothing, cover the skin as much as possible, wear long sleeves, collar t-shirts, clothes made from close woven material that the sun will not get through. Slap on the sunscreen, <laughs> apply sunscreen with a sun factor of SPF 30 plus for adults and 50 plus for children with high UVA protection that is water resistant. Reapply regularly. No sunscreen can provide 100% protection. It should be used alongside other protective measures such as clothing and shade. That's kind of my policy. I tend to just pour a still. Mm. She looks like 
when we were in Vietnam, everybody wears clothes. They they wear gloves and everything in the sea and socks and full length um, swimming yeah. suits. They co- they cover themselves completely. That's what Estelle usually looks like when the paddling <laughs> pool is out. She's got a full body suit on. I know because I was um, actually looking at um, swimming togs recently because they had some lovely ones, and I was like, no point to buy it for Estelle yeah, anyway. She basically is no. in a suit. <laughs> She just can't. Even summer dresses, some of them like she has to have a t-shirt on underneath yeah. them because it's too dangerous. Mm. Um, slap on a wide-brimmed hat. Protect your face, ears, and neck. Seek shade. Sit in the cover of trees to avoid direct sunlight. Use a sunshade on a buggy or a pram. Keep babies and children out of direct sunlight. And slide on sunglasses. My favourite because I'm so cool. I wear sunglasses all the time anyway. <laughs> um, guard your eyes against harm by wearing sunglasses with UV protection. I also think if you wear sunglasses, you don't squint as much. So you're probably preventing yeah. those little wrinkles and stuff as well. So yeah, just be more sun aware, folks. Uh, we're not the leathery skinned folk we think we are, you know, especially those of us who spent much of our 20s lashing on the tanning oil, you know, yeah, in places in, on sun holidays and it's all that. terrible stress. because like even <clears throat> I had like a bit of a meltdown earlier this year. I was like, oh my God, I don't look after my skin enough I need to like invest in all these fancy things and all this that's the pre, pre-wedding of, jitters yeah, yeah. The panic and I bought loads of stuff and um had a massive reaction to it I was I told mm. you at the time like even the skin between my fingers was all peeling it was just bizarre how weird it was but the only thing I have kept is the SPF 50 I put mm-hmm. it on every day because I even mm. notice now if you go out for a walk or anything like it is even that sun in between the clouds you'll still get mm. a color like my nose yeah. is pretty much red the whole time lately mm-hmm. but I still have SPF on so yeah absolutely and it stops us aging of course I'm definitely so sun damaged over the years my god but I know yeah, but good they, life lesson there's it's never too late to start I suppose that's the thing isn't it with, with, with like most things start mm. wearing your SPF today so the the, the the cat thing anyway was basically I'd seen the story about a little cat called Smurf who'd had to have his ears amputated because he had skin cancer on his ears because he was really pale so it's the same goes for animals you know if they if they're pale skinned they're Mm. potentially prone to sunburn and that kind of thing too so i'll maybe talk a bit more about protecting your pets in the sun another day but um (laughs) actually some of my friends actually they do put it on their dog's nose like it's a real pink nose and they put sun cream Mm -hmm. on it like you can get i saw it i thought it was gas (laughs) you can get sun cream for pets like really yeah talk to your vet now i'd say well i'm not a vet so don't listen to any advice from me but particularly pale pale colored um animals are more susceptible stuff, yeah. yeah but apparently all of them are and if if they're indoor animals keep them indoors between 10 and 3 that kind of thing make sure they don't get dehydrated all that stuff um i love but how yeah, you're look, we're discussing all this it's like is there a heat wave coming that we're prepping ourselves let's hope there is it was, su- it was sun awareness <laughs> week that was what it was the cat actually i wanted to talk about but then i thought is that a bit shallow talking about cats yeah. i'm a new i'm a new um cat mom oh you I, are I went out the door the other day and one of the local colony of cats <laughs> had brought a kitten to live so outside our back door Aww. we've got a little we've got a little cat house for the cat that we sort of semi unofficially adopted from the local colony <laughs> and she's after taking up residence in there like i just think cuckoo. it's so cute because obviously like with chip the one you currently have like 
they knew that she was looked after kind of living around you, like around the doorstep mm. and stuff. So I love how they had this, the intelligence to be like, okay, now this little kitten will probably be looked after as well and like have her mm. now in the same little house. Or it's just like, that's where the food comes from in the morning. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's really smart. Like it's mad, mm. like natural instincts and stuff. Oh, she's really cute. She's going to be a really cool cat actually. Yes, yeah, there's kind so of black she. and ginger mutt yeah. little thing called Rosie, we've called her. So we're going to have, all our cats are going to have these really girly names for the next 10 years because the, is still an effie will be naming them but um not nah, cute so um yeah there you go so be sun safe kids chance to be a fine thing <laughs> number two two so this week's number two is a documentary that i watched it is currently on netflix it is called uh the sons of sam descent into darkness is this dramatic another cause, summer cause, of Sam serial killer? So, is it the same topic done over and over and over? So actually, again? I'll be honest. I haven't actually, like I've seen that movie a few years ago about the Son of Sam and stuff, but I, and besides listening to true crime podcasts, a few of them obviously have covered it because it was such a big deal in the States in the 70s. But I've actually never watched a documentary about it. So I did find it interesting. Now, I'll tell you a bit more about it because it's completely different to what I thought it was initially. Mm. So it's a four-parter, so I haven't watched it all, I'll be honest with you, but I'll give you an overall view on this. So this guy actually who made it, the documentarian, is that the word, documentarian? So his name is Joshua Zeman. I actually watched a few of his other stuff. As I said before, I really love true crime stuff, even when it's like quite grim and stuff. I still enjoy it. So he made two really good ones that I watched. One is called The Killing Season, and it was all about Mm. the Rhode Island murders um, in the noughties. And then Mm. the other one was called Cropsy, which was about all these kids that disappeared in the 80s um, in Long Island as well, I'm pretty sure. Or was it Staten Island, I think, actually? Staten Island. Um, Mm. So it's all kind of US-based and New York-based around that. So this guy, anyway, so this documentary is about the son of Sam, so David uh, Berkowitz. So just to tell you a little bit about it, I don't know how much you remember about it. So obviously this guy, Big Betty, killed a lot of people, particularly like shot cars where there was couples, you know, in the car. And a lot of like dark haired Couples girls. making out in kind of yeah. like out of town, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Not necessarily. No, like sometimes they're in the middle of the city. It was weird, mm. like totally random. Um, but it was usually couples in cars and the girls with dark brunette hair. So like people got so scared that women even start wearing blonde wigs and stuff to try to like, mm. you know, put him off. But anyway, the whole thing obviously with him is that he was a bit crazy and he said that it was his neighbor's dog that gave him the... um the instruction to kill all these people that the dog was possessed by something Mm. and told him to kill all these people and all this. And he only got caught by fluke. He was um, basically got a parking ticket on the last like crime that he committed. He had gotten a parking ticket nearby and then somebody called it in. And basically the woman who was working on dispatch recognized the name as being her neighbor and her dad is Sam and the neighbor had shot their dog. So son of Sam. As in the dog was the son of Sam and he got his instruction from Sam and yeah, it's all very weird. But anyway. So so, she put it all together, did she? She kind of just was able to say, I recognize that car. He's my neighbor. The cops raided it and he straight away, um, he said that he did it. Right. Oh, yeah. 
But okay. the whole twist on this, so the first episode is really interesting. It gives you a lot of good context for New uh, New York in the 70s. I don't know mm. if you watched the Night Stalker one, did you, recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so a bit like that, you know, where kind of tells you a bit more about, like, the scene that this all happened mm. in, in terms of the city, mm-hmm. what was going on in the city. They were, like, threatening to lay off loads of, like, police force, firefighters, all this stuff. So, so there was lots of, lots of stuff going on, yeah, exactly, mm. at the time. So this um, documentary really isn't even about Berkowitz. It's more about this guy called Maury Terry. So he was a journalist who started looking into the Son of Sam's crimes like really early on, even before he was caught. So basically after the first crime was like kind of obsessed with it. So Mm -hmm. this guy, Terry, so Maury Terry, is um, does not believe that it was Berkowitz at all. That is the son of Sam or that maybe it was him for a few of the crimes, but that he did not commit all the crimes. And even Berkowitz himself has said, I didn't pull the trigger on all those crimes. But like at the time, because he's obviously a bit mad, kind of claimed that he had done all those crimes Mm. at the start. So it's all about that. It's all about the possibility. It's a thing that serial killers do as well. Yeah. We've seen that in other serial killer stories where they've Mm. been like, I killed hundreds, you know, and not necessarily no proof or whatever mm. yeah so okay it's a, so yeah so it's very interesting because it talks about like um oh, possible other people that were involved and like there's even connections to charles manson as well and like cult oh. and the occult and well, it sounds like it's gonna get manson yeah there was so, no but psychosis it's, there it's all about these kind of cults that were forming like demonic cults in the u.s in the 70s and how they think that they might have been um had a part to play in some of these murders and stuff so it's kind of more mm. about that so very interesting i liked it so far looking forward to getting all of it watch it is four episodes four or five episodes um mm. and they're long enough each so it's the same with the night stalker you kind of have to invest a good bit of time into it but very interesting so far and like i said uh, a few weeks ago as well if you like anything true crime related um this guy who's made those other documentaries they were brilliant so i have high hopes for the rest of it so definitely check it out and that's on netflix at the moment and sure. other than that, I haven't actually been watching much. We've been still watching Superstore, which I didn't talk about enough last week, how much enjoyment I'm getting from it. Oh, oh. Honestly, if you want just some lightheartedness, very, mm. very funny. Um, mm. The girl from America Ferrera's in it, you know, she was Ugly Betty. She's oh, kind yeah. of the main character in it. You'd recognize a few more of them, but like very good characters. It's actually characters. finished now, isn't it? Is it finished? And I don't it's know. Like... No, I think it's still an episode, on, a season on, but it might be the last season. There's okay. five or six on Netflix. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on the third now. And like I was watching it on my own first and like laughing out loud so much. And now Jer's watching oh, really? it with me and he's the same. The two of us are okay. crying, laughing. I need something so, like that, actually, because... Yeah. Um, I started Shit's Creek, but I couldn't really, I don't know, I just haven't really, uh, apparently yeah, actually the first series isn't the that. best. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it just hasn't caught on to me. And we were watching Cobra Kai, you know, the kind of half hour oh, fillers yeah, that are yeah. usually just shite you squeeze in if you've only got half an hour before bed or whatever. Well, that's what I do. So I, I'm definitely going to check that out. We watched um, Nomadland, which won the Oscar for best oh, film. Oh yeah. At the weekend and it's it wasn't really what I expected, and I can see why it definitely won the Oscar because it's a bit different. The way it's made mm-hmm. is different to anything I've seen before. Mm. So they actually used real people in it. Oh, and they must have shot hours and hours and hours of footage of the main character just talking to these people in character mm-hmm. to get some of the gems they got from these people. Wow. You know, like their stories and stuff. Mm. It doesn't come across like a documentary but they are real people telling their yeah. real stories it's kind of fascinating the way they made it yeah. but it just made me think and it's no wonder 
she won the Best Actress Oscar. Oh, she's incredible, Frances McDormand. Anyway, I love her. She's brilliant. But she must have spent hours talking to these people. Yeah. You know, these nomads that she meets out on the road. Um, It's one of those things, nothing really happens in the Mm. film. It could have ended any time within the last half hour. You know, nothing really happens. But it's an insight into modern life. It's an insight into America. It's an insight into grief it's an insight into just all the challenges that people face in their lives at different times of their lives it's, it's really amazing so definitely mm. worth watching but don't expect like a blockbuster stuff yeah i've heard a lot of mix of the people who are like it's, it's definitely not it's not, not, not entertaining in the, it's not yeah. yeah yeah you don't sit down with your popcorn it's thought-provoking and it's a bit like that Marini's black bottom from the week before like yeah it, it's may, maybe make you think about things rather than just being like, wow, look at the stuff on the screen. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So yeah, I would recommend it. And the other thing I keep meaning to say, and I haven't been on for three or four weeks, Glow Up, which is the makeup oh, yeah. reality TV mm. competition thing, which what on are you paper on? looks terrible, but I actually love it. And I'm not even that interested in makeup. I don't know why I really like this yeah, program. I just do. It's BBC Three, so BBC Three were digital, but they still show BBC Three content like late at night on BBC One and BBC okay. Two and stuff. So, so it might be one get, for like the planner. You could record it maybe. Yes, you record it. Yeah, that's what I do. And yeah. I watch it mm. back afterwards. Um, but basically the idea is they get five, or sorry, about eight or ten MUAs, makeup artists, mm. um, at the start of the series. And then they put them each week through a series of challenges where they eventually kind of have to go ahead two of them go head to head in a final yeah, challenge each week I watched the, and it's, the they have it on Netflix the first season so I watched it oh my god it's very it's good it's so creative fascinating a lot of the people in it are quite young mm. so sounding like an old fart now it's kind of an insight into your younger generation's mm. thinking yeah. and trends and a lot of them I would say are people who have used makeup as a kind of a release so yeah. there's lots of maybe gay people or people who are like transgender or mm. um don't identify as such a heteronormative kind of groups mm. you know um and so they're interesting characters yeah. and they use it to express themselves and it's just a really cool program and there's the, so cool, the, yeah. the judges are quite funny as well it's a bit bitchy like all fashion things at points but well, it's just... kind of like it's still reality TV kind of a it talent is. competition, yeah. but just with like you know it's yeah. it's unreal talent in the sense that it's like you know, another yeah. level. I remember watching the first season and being like, oh, I don't know about this, and literally like half an hour into the first episode, I was addicted to it. <laughs> oh, totally! You get yeah, totally stuck in it, and um, they do cool challenges like they had them doing makeup for uh, some of the uh, uh, voguing on um pose, you know, oh, or they cool. call it what do they call it the cat, not the catwalk, but they call a parading parading i think yeah. you know when they do the little competitions and the uh the, the drag competitions and then they had a competition for uh makeup for the crown and then if oh, wh- wow. whoever wins the competition gets to go and work on the crown for an episode or oh, whatever that's so cool, and they get yeah. they all, there's all these little mini prizes that way along but eventually the, the the final prize is the massive thing but yeah definitely check it out if you're um even if you're not into makeup like i can't but i make up to save my life but i just find it fascinating yeah, it's really cool. what they do with so it creative. yeah so yeah, so that was They're my TV recommends. I just uh, launched on top of your item there, Nicola. Sorry about that. Not at all, not <laughs> it's, been... At all. it's been a quieter week this week. I didn't watch that much actually, so mm. I'm not happy to have the input. I seem to have watched a lot. <laughs> okay, number three, Fox of the Week. 
free. So our facts of the week this week is author, journalist, screenwriter and general cool human being, Emma Jane Unsworth. No, not many people may know her name. No, I don't know her. I I heard of her a few years ago um, when her, the movie of one of her books called Animals came out and I was like, oh, that looks good. It was kind of about like... 20-something year olds parting and living the life and all that mm. jazz and all the complications that go with it. But I never actually watched it or anything. But I had read an article a couple of weeks ago about her in the paper and she has a new book out called Calm After the Storm. And I read it pretty much in one sitting this week. It blew me away, this book. I just loved it. So I'll get onto that in a second. But um, a bit of background on her. She was born in 1978, grew up in Manchester. She wants to be a writer from a young age, but kind of didn't have great success with her first book and got, kind of got knocked back from a lot of publishers. Uh, but then a teacher who she had kind of struck up a good relationship with decided when she retired, she was going to set up publishers and she published her wow. first book for her. Oh. And it actually ended up winning awards and she did really well. And then lots of big publishers got interested in her and her next book was bought and optioned as a film straight away, which is that one animals I was talking about. And then she had that followed up by adults in 2020. So both of them kind of deal a lot with those kind of, you know, pressures of living the good life, partying and all that, but then also trying to be a grown up and an adult and accept responsibility for your actions Mm. and all that kind of stuff. And adults sort of deals a lot with social media and the effects it can have on us and things like that as well. So anyway, her new book uh, is about her postnatal depression and pregnancy and birth and all that and and as she says the general weirdness of uh new motherhood and um I just this book was like a revelation to me it's like the first time in my life I heard somebody talking candidly and honestly Mm. about motherhood really like I mean I was listening to it and I was like yes 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 (laughs) I just I could oh I just couldn't I couldn't get over it so it's autobiographical. It kind of starts at the end. So we know she's suffering from postnatal depression. Mm. And then it, she kind of looks back on various things that happened to her throughout pregnancy, the birth and after that she wasn't prepared for and that contributed it and all that kind of thing. Um, but very early on in the book, she takes time to look at some facts around pregnancy because she talks about how there's all these narratives about pregnant women shouldn't drink. They shouldn't drink caffeine. They shouldn't mm. smoke. They shouldn't eat sh- shellfish. They shouldn't exercise too hard. cheese. <laughs> Oh yeah, don't fly, don't jump on a trampoline, whatever. Like there's all this mad stuff. So she she kind of debunks some of those things. Mm. Um, and then she also looks at things like research into how women's brains change. Like there's one fact she talks about at 26 weeks pregnancy, you get this surge in hormones that make you feel very anxious and teary and all that stuff. Nobody ever told me that yeah. when I was pregnant. Not none of the apps, none of the doctors or anything. It, and it's quite well known that women can be very sad around this time and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure you don't know, you have a clue what's going on, you know. But anyway, to her point was kind of like, there's all this stuff happening and we don't get told about it. We don't. And that get would be trusted. reassuring for people, for women. Absolutely. No, like. <laughs> That's what she said. She found out about it after the fact. And because she was, she was seeing the doctor in her second pregnancy and they said, oh, just be careful now around 26 weeks that you're not completely off your meds for postnatal depression mm-hmm. because you will have this big dip you know wow. interesting and she just said she couldn't believe she didn't know the first time around anyway so she talks about how ill-equipped we are for new motherhood and that this is just not talked about enough and that we need to sort of talk about it more so we can prepare 
And this unwritten rule of don't tell someone how challenging it is and hard and alien because you'll just scare them has to be done away with, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, it's 21st century. So knowledge is power. Like, let, let people get the information and be better prepared, you know. That was one so, thing I was always grateful for with you, like having a sister. I feel like it's very unfiltered, like what you, and I think you're a very unfiltered person. Anyway, well, I, like, am un, I am unfiltered, yeah. <laughs> When you like, you know, spoke about everything, I think it's very reassuring to kind of see, oh God, you know, not reassuring, but just like, God forbid you struggle then, or you like, you know, are worried mm. about this and you think that like, you've been around somebody who has vocalized that because I can't mm-hmm. imagine, you know, somebody who maybe didn't have a, such a close female that's going through mm. it would feel so alone, like wondering, is this the norm? Is this not the norm? All this stuff. So I've mm-hmm. always been very grateful about that, that you were so open about your, you know, what was taught. Yeah, I suppose, what like, all that stuff. yeah, the book encourages us to have these conversations, mm. you know, what to really expect during labor and what if that perfect imaginary perfect birth plan doesn't happen like what if you know um she talks about how the whole natural inverted commas birth thing and you know don't have drugs during the birth you want to have a natural birth or you can you know a cesarean isn't a natural birth supposedly you know she says i think she she puts it really well she says having an operation without anesthetic is natural dying (laughs) from measles is natural you know what fuck natural when it hurts people (laughs) fuck it I just thought that is the best thing I've ever heard um, she talks about not fitting in at the mommy and baby classes about the anxiety of leaving the house and all the things and getting getting all the things together mm. and you know trying to get to where you need to be and the baby's crying in public and you just want to run away and, and she talks about breastfeeding and how in inverse compass fucking terrible it is yeah. and I mean it's it's not all grim um, and I didn't identify with absolutely everything in the book and every mom will have a different experience. Yeah. But it was just so refreshing to hear somebody say, this is so hard. It's so hard. Mm. And we need to think about better about how we prepare moms and how we support them. Yeah. You know, okay. um, like to kind of summarize, she says, how did it come to this? I'm tough. I'm smart. I've lived alone. Now I am cracking right down the middle. Um, but yeah, she talks about this huge reluctance to allow any negative thinking about motherhood and the she's irked by the PR spin that depicts motherhood and nicey niceness and that all made her feel very unprepared for childbirth so she's she talks a bit about postnatal depression and and how you um define it in the book and she says most women will have a terrible time you know around this the time of a new baby because it's just the sleep deprivation the pressure on you you could be still sore injured from uh the labor and the birth and that's fairly common to everybody mm. and it's really hard but what post where postnatal depression sort of differentiates is never getting out of the gloominess like yeah. every day mm. is bad there's no you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel that kind of stuff so you know for anyone who's ever experienced that or maybe experiencing that the best thing they can do is try to talk to somebody their gp or someone else can confide in someone mm. and take it from there and she talks about her struggle to even though she kind of knew she was cracking up a bit but she kind of she just couldn't bring herself to admit it it took ages and ages and ages she'd never had any mental health problems before or anything like that and eventually it was like another girl who opened up to her who probably I'm sure she would admit could see that she was struggling and she opened up to her about her experience of postnatal depression and literally gave her a card for the counsellor who helped her get over it and that was kind of a turning point for her so um 
yeah, the promotional bump of the book kind of summarizes better than than I could. In this brave and hilarious account of postnatal depression, Emma tells her story of despair and recovery. She tackles the biggest taboos around motherhood and mental health, from botched stitches and bleeding nipples to anger and shame. How does pregnancy adapt our brains? Is postnatal depression a natural reaction to the trauma of modern motherhood? And are people's attitudes finally changing? Dazzling and vital, After the Storm is a celebration of survival, holding out a hand to women everywhere. And that's what it felt like to me, a hand, you know? It really really kind of made me feel like, okay, maybe I wasn't a total loner or a freak in some of the things I experienced um, as a new mom. But I could read this book. I could talk about it all day. I've started reading it again <laughs> for some of my life. I've started reading something a second time around straight after um, I read it. But actually, funny enough, right at the very end of the book, she tells a story about her and her partner going to get tattoos kind of after the book took place. And she gets a quote from a WBH poem called To a Friend Whose Work Has Come to Nothing. And the little quote is, be secret and exult. And around, it's the, the words go around the drawing of a fox lying on a stack of books. So how fitting for our Fox of the Aww. Week, Emma Jane Unsworth. Perfect. Well done, Emma Jane Unsworth, for writing that brilliant book. Okay, number four. Four. Number four. So from one fox to another, because if I was doing Fox of the Week, this would be uh, <laughs> my recommendation. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go back to my roots and give you a, a Instagram follow for the week uh, for a bit of joy in your life, you know, mm. a bit of a, a change of scenery. So we're not talking about COVID or any of that stuff. And I have to say kind of a bit different compared to a lot of the other people I follow on Instagram and that, you know, who sometimes have like these ideal worlds and get all the free stuff and are always fabulous and, yeah. you know, perfect and plastic sort of and plastic Yeah, and, you know, stuff. sometimes yeah. I'm like, why do I even follow those people? But mm. anyway. Unfollow, so, unfollow. Yeah. <laughs> so this account is um, Kyla Cobbler. So Ash Kyla, so K-Y-L-A. C-O-B-B-L-E-R. Um, so Kyla is a Cork comic. So she is I don't know what she even call herself a comic I suppose she does because she she's doing kind of stand-up comedy and that but she um had kind of a small enough following about a year and a half ago um so she's from Cork she was living in Milan in Italy and that's when I started following her about a year and a bit ago but I started hearing about her because of her stories so she is the most natural born storyteller I've ever experienced this woman could tell you a story about paint drawing and make it funny the way she delivers oh, yeah. her stories I have literally cried so many times watching her stories with laughter. Oh, my God. So she's just one gas woman. She's now living in Barcelona and she has been for like the last year. And God love her, like obviously went through the whole of COVID there as well. No, so she's working away and stuff like that. And she has friends and Mm. all that, which is great. But obviously Mm. hasn't been able to come more and things since. But, Mm -hmm. you know, was working in a pub, which is obviously very tough in COVID times because of, you know, things being closed and all that stuff. But like, you know, considering she's gone through probably really tough for herself as well, or still just her content is just so refreshing. She Mm -hmm. is just some gas woman. I love her. (laughs) So total fangirl um, of hers. But she talks about lots of stuff. You know, she talks about body positivity. She talks Mm -hmm. about her relationships. She talks about like, she'll do like these Q&As about people's like sex questions, like ask her whatever. She's so refreshingly (laughs) honest. You know, she's Mm -hmm. so honest and she shares all her experience uh, and, you know, her own life and just the stories that she tells. Oh my God, so funny. So she has them all Mm -hmm. highlighted. So when you do follow her, 
Um, she has all of her stories in the highlights and there's a few gems there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the ones. Has she a lot of followers? She does. So back when I started following her, she only had about 10,000 and she used to like, you know, make quite a big deal, obviously, every time she got an extra 10,000. So I think oh, now yeah. she's up to over 50,000 now. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, because she's also been dating and stuff in the last few years as well, she has gas like dating <laughs> stories and like sex oh, stories yeah. and other oh, crack. Oh. <laughs> and she, so if you go onto her account, like I said, so loads of her stuff is in um, on the highlights, the funny the dog killer one. There's one about when she was doing her driving test that she knocked down mm-hmm. a dog because like there was oh, a dog God. in heat and one dog ran over to the dog in heat and she knocked it down. God love her. And the reaction oh, and oh, I was God. crying listening to the story. But um, like I said, just an absolute breath of fresh air. She does have a Patreon. So sometimes mm-hmm. like once in a while she'd be like, look, if you want to buy me a cup of tea or a cup of coffee mm-hmm. or whatever, just donate. And like, well worth yeah. it. Like definitely mm-hmm. we should be. I've donated a few times because of yeah. how much, um, you know, joy yeah. she's given I me. I think if you enjoy someone's content, like you should, you should donate if you can yeah. buy their whatever they're selling you know mm. once in a while yeah and there's so many stories there must be like 50 60 70 different highlights of her stories like so you're you know you're getting and you your know money she does for... this full full time or is this her is this her so, job now no, so I, I don't think i don't know i i don't think she's making enough from it to be her full-time job mm. like she's not an influencer like she doesn't mm. flag stuff really like if mm-hmm. she does it's something really genuine which she talk about like a small business that might have sent her something so i really like that it's just really kind of genuine mm. um bits but she left her bar job recently and she's starting i think like the, the first weed club in barcelona she's going to oh, work hilarious. in which is gas so um uh-huh. so that'll be her next part of her journey but she's just so cool like really cool tattoos and you know she's just really free spirit and yeah. i really enjoy her content so absolutely oh, i've never seen anything from her so that is a delight i'm gonna yeah. definitely check her out yeah cool but nothing like a good storyteller you know i love it and i love mm-hmm. how irish mm-hmm. people can tell a good story mm-hmm. so yeah definitely get on and, and give her a bit of a donation she might be able to get her flights home or something in a few months bless so her Ky- kyla or kyla Kyla K Y L A, so Kyla Cobbler, so K Y L A C O B B. Kyla Cobbler, it's a great name. Yeah, it's totally a showbiz name. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. From Bell and Colleg, you know. So Bell and Colleg, buy my old stamping ground. So give her a follow and give her a donation if you do enjoy your content. Excellent. Okay, number five. Five. So music news this week is a bit grim slash off the beaten track, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. In the last week, the FBI have released a file surrounding Kurt Cobain's death, uh, which includes conspiracy theories around his death. So the 10 page file, yeah, features two letters, one of which claims the police were never very serious in investigating it as a murder. And the other letter written in 2003 says, I believe a great injustice might have been committed in the case of Kurt Cobain. I am writing oh. in hopes for your help to press for a re-examination of Mr. Cobain's death. Um, and there's another file which is interesting. It was from a communication from the production company that makes Unsolved Mysteries. Hmm. Um, because they made a program about his death. And the circ- you know the suspicious circumstances yeah. around it. And in that they said that there is at least one private investigator who is a former LA County Sheriff deputy who was convinced that the official ruling of suicide was a rush to judgment Um, so it's kind of fascinating because I think everybody thought open and shut case because he shot himself with a shotgun you know what I mean it's pretty fairly Mm. straightforward 
but I guess there's always going to be someone who's going to throw doubts on something but I won't I can't actually go into what some of the other stuff says because it's potentially libelous so not that anyone's well, going can, to find our can, podcast but libelous. you just have to say allegedly no go on you can literally look it up. I'm oh, going to put really? it in the show notes. Oh. Yeah, there's other famous people mentioned <gasps> in it and stuff. Oh, interesting. I'm going to put the link in our show notes. You can look it up yourself. And it's kind of bizarre and fascinating that wow. you can, the FBI published this stuff and you can, like I went onto their website and I felt like I was doing something a bit naughty. <laughs> Looking at, you know, dodgy files on yeah. the FBI site, you know. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, look at this. I'm inside the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Creighton. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So anyway, just interesting. That's about it. Like, but go and read it for yourself because there's more interesting stuff in there. Wow. Good. Um, other little bits of music news. Uh, Weezer have a new album out. It's their fifteenth album. I wow. can't believe it. Uh, and it's like a homage to eighties rock. So uh, probably a little bit more uh, listenable than the actual eighties rock. So check that out. They're always good for uh, an easy listen. And sad news yesterday. Long, sorry, longitude has been cancelled. Yeah, it was supposed to be happening in July. Listen, I used I know, to go but... to lunch you back when it was cool, you know, and it wasn't just teens. Oh yeah, back and when like, you were cool. Yeah, when I was cool, like, <laughs> and about four stone ago as well. So oh, I was like no. really skinny at like these festivals and I look back at the photos and I'm like, oh my God, it's such a great life then. And you know, I mean, the girls, we'd be crack. And, and to be honest, like back then. Girl, we need to roll out our best life at the next I festival know, we yeah. go to. We will be bringing it. But the that A-game. was kind of before it was really teeny and now it's really like a lot of like eight. Teeny Papery. So, like, I can yeah. imagine the drugs and I still feel that sorry goes for them, on like... at Longitude. Like, they can't be rubbing up against each other and stuff like that, but they are talking about electric picnic might happen. So, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I do know it's very young, all right, but um, I still feel sorry for them. Like, loads of them would be like, oh, we'll go after the leaving certain, we'll do this, that, and the other. And sure, they've had it's just a shit no all fun this year. So. Like, that's July, too. I don't think anything will happen until. No. Although, I'm holding out hope that they're going the to do Brothers. a test event at the Chemical Brothers in Cork. I'm going to It's not going to happen. <laughs> I heard you won. The, whatever, the minister for like the arts and all that was on the radio two days ago. And she said that she wanted to start trialing events the week before mm. July. And that they were going to try open air concerts Aww. and sports. And well, listen, blah. come here. I'm right. so keen about Just... it. I've got two tickets for myself. <laughs> never mind one. We actually I'm have four between ask me and the sure. universe for this. COVID the, test, right. If COVID that is test. the case, <laughs> if that is the case, my tickets are going to be worth uh, yeah. another fucking fortune. <laughs> I've got two spare tickets to the only gig in the country. <laughs> That'll be $50,000. Yeah, I honestly, I'm channeling it. I'm going to ask the universe for this. I need to go and dance in a field or anywhere. I'll outside. tell you what we do, right? We will, we'll, uh, we'll raffle off the two tickets to uh, the people who download the podcast. <laughs> there now Kelly <laughs> there, there's a way of getting some people to some more people to download uh, the podcast so yeah that's the music news anyway today so um we have plans this weekend we're going to um Kennedy's Farm Ooh, on Saturday in Killarney okay. yeah cannot wait for our sort of biannual trip to Kennedy's Farm and uh, coo over the baby animals and uh, probably spend most of my time trying to calm Estelle down and tell her everything's okay and not be yeah, afraid of the animals really like animals I remember uh, we were <laughs> in last year and there was a peacock oh, that was terrible. And it, like oh. did it screech and it opened the wing oh, yeah. and honestly <laughs> that poor little thing she nearly had a heart attack oh <laughs> yeah uh, and do you know what's really funny 
she got a pyjamas for Christmas with a peacock on the front of it and I kind of purposely kind of put it on her really quickly so she doesn't <laughs> see it. She's been wearing it for six months to create. Oh yeah, because I remember we watched something recently and she said, oh, like in photo and it was a bloody peacock and I couldn't believe it. Oh, she can it. remember it. Yeah. Totally. Oh, it's stop. Four and a half it's years old, nearly five. I literally was like, what? <laughs> and trying that not is to like, make a Everybody's got a childhood memory where they're like, remember that terrifying thing that happened to me? Mine was falling into a ball pit somewhere up in County Clare on holidays <laughs> and feeling like I was drowning because I went right under the balls like you know mm. but um, mine was um, Brian chasing so obviously our house goes in a circle our home house at home and Brian our brother was chasing me in a circle and I'd say my mom got sick of listening to us close so closed the, the kitchen oh. door and Brian was still chasing me and ran straight in, I ran straight into the kitchen door and knocked oh. myself out and I remember waking up with like the big piece of wood in my lip from the chip yeah. and oh Jesus oh, that was, so that's still one of my biggest memories so yeah, Brian so if you're listening like I still blame you for that <laughs> <laughs> well Brian had a few incidents himself with falling through a glass table and whatnot he had bigger problems than yeah. <laughs> injuring you but um God, our house sounds like Danger Bay. But anyway... Um, when you have seven children under one roof, like, there's bound to yeah. be some of these stories, you know. And yes, Even if, if there was no um, risky uh, hurdles or anything in the house. Mm. No, poor old Estelle, yeah. She, no, I think it's surprising how different she is about things like that in the past sort of six or eight months, I would say. Anyway, she's grown up about a lot of things. Mm. Like, we used to have this rocking horse that used to scare her, and now she loves it. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah, she's I'm only little. hoping for a more positive result on Saturday. Whereas I think you're going to have Effie... your hands full with Effie. She's just going to be going oh, grabbing Effie, everything. Oh, I'll be trying to drag her off the animals. She'll be, like, jumping on top of them. But anyway, I know. It's nice. It's just nice to be able to get out and do yeah, something so different. Nice. Yeah, mm. Yeah, and, I think it's... Um, I, I, oh, I was kind of... I saw um, one of our local pubs was on about, like, reopening or whatever in June, and they put a screenshot of the weather. I don't know if you've had a look at the weather for the next seven days. It's, it's literally, like, 80% rain, 80% rain, 80%... Mm. Oh, it's, but today it was supposed to be last too and it's a lovely day so who knows you know yeah. but um yeah god one month one month till we can go to the pub for a drink outside oh my god can you oh, imagine no yeah. there'll be no podcast anymore then lads you know because we'll probably yeah. be drunk for six <laughs> weeks we'll have to retire <laughs> we'll be drunk for six weeks exactly but in the meantime people um your listens mean a lot to us we're trying to grow the podcast we just do it out of love and uh the joy of chatting to each other about Unimportant five things, things, important things. Five things. Five things every week. So if you're enjoying it, please let other people know about us. That's the biggest thing you can do for us. And then if you feel so inclined, you can give us a review, subscribe, uh, share on your social media, follow us on social media at Fox Force 5 Pod, and come back again next week with your new barnet. I'll have my new oh, barnet. Yeah. You'll have your new barnet. Oh my oh god. My god. We won't know ourselves. We won't even recognize ourselves in Zoom. <laughs> new knickers, new hair. Animal allergies. (laughs) It's going to be great. So thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.